Chapter 19 The Imposition A few steps from his home, Amory blew the whistle around his neck to summon his searcher stone. From a distance, the stone looked normal as it approached, but as its proximity grew, it was apparent that something was atop it. It was not long before the boy recognized he who came riding in. However you see it, there is no crown large enough to meet the fit of your head, said Ragdaddle Mooncelli as he descended from the sky upon the searcher stone, standing nimbly with his shining eyes beaming their reddish glow. The sprith leapt from the enchanted device and landed solidly upon the ground. The searcher stone continued until it stopped in front of Amri. A black seed has been sown within you, and it has begun to bear just as black a fruit. If by the water it has drunk it cannot be saved, then it must surely be plucked. Young Amri, I must confiscate the sigillum and punish you for your transgressions. Rage boiled beneath Amri's flesh. This was not the same sprit that he had come to admire, the friend that had guided him and looked out for him. You were the one that gave me the choice. You were the one that led me to the tally keeper, Amory said, his brows furrowed as he pointed accusingly at the sprith. I gave you a choice and warned you of your decision. You did not take heed. The boy paused as he heard Ragdaddle's words again in his mind. I give you two choices, bright as flame. You may forget all about coming to this cemetery until you have completed your required tests, and I will ensure that all trespasses are entirely forgiven. Or you may plunge inescapably deep into this unknown world for at least one glance at the mysteries that surround you. If you choose this second option, then, beyond where I lead you, I will no longer have any hand in intervening with what you then decide to do. And if there are dire repercussions as a result of what I have let happen here, then I will be the first in line to cast you out on the black waters. Amory straightened his stance and thrust his shoulders back. You can't stop us now. I warned you that I would come if ever such an occurrence took place, and you will not be stopping me. I contain the tools of your mischief, the sprith said, shifting his gaze to the chest of charmers tucked beneath his arm. You will not be allowed to spread further your foul wake. Laws of this isle have been broken, and I must now enact the punishments due. The sprith started walking towards the boy in the jar. Friend, do as you did with Aklaban. Take control of his spirit, Amory said. It is not as easy as that with whom you are now dealing, the jar replied, a quizzical response from such a powerful entity. His guardian having failed him, Amory attempted his own plan to thwart the sprith. He spoke out, not to Fran or Ragdaddle, but to the searcher stone hovering before him. Fly into the sprith, Amory commanded the stone. As daring and witty as the plan had been, the movement of the searcher stone was quickly turned futile as the agile creature leapt nimbly over it, and, as the sprith did so, he grabbed hold of the side with his free hand and slammed the stone fiercely into the dirt beside him, so that a third of its length was driven into hidden territory like a stake. Ragdaddle's eyes changed from their crimson shimmer to a golden immensity. Beyond his odd demeanor, there was an arrogance about Ragdaddle Moonchilly that appeared to Amory more dominating than that of Friend. The sprith was fearless, and his actions were like pinpoint accurate piercings of a needle, as if he knew life's directions before it even traveled upon them. 
The Sibjulum jar itself seemed to surrender to his greatness. Young Amory, Ragdaddle said, hand me the jar. No, the boy hid the jar behind his back, straightening again his stance. The Sprith closed the gap between them, reached out his hands, and firmly stole the Sibjulum jar with incontestable strength and swiftness. Amory fell to his knees. The emptiness inside him leapt forth, cascading through his limbs with torrential force, raining weakness upon his entire being. Memories of the evils he had committed came free with their black roots swirling in his feeble consciousness. Why didn't you stop me sooner? The boy asked the sprith, recalling the shadow that had darted to the searcher's stone. The chasm of emptiness pulsated and widened with an overwhelming stupefaction of despair. Amory's head sagged to one side and his mouth hung open as if in catastrophic exhaustion. Without the Sibjulum's soothing warmth and protection, the boy could no longer function beyond speech. Because it was all part of the plan, Ragdaddle ripped the whistle from around Amory's neck and bent down close to him. Whilst it has been a jolly time putting on this sparkle of a show, I simply had to have my grand finale. There is no more need for theatrics. You have done a grand job, young Amory. There are worse punishments and there are fiercer pains. You are but an infant that has just learned to walk. You have fallen and when you walk again, your legs will bear more weight. For this is not the end. Hold this now to your mind. If you want to live, swallow the water. When you are cast out on the black waters, swallow the water. Listen to what he says, Friend said with a hint of strain in its expression, and we will meet again. It was at this moment Amory noticed that the jar had not gone inanimate when separated from his hand. He saw that it was still quite alive, a contradiction to the words of Grey Pearl and all that Amory had hinged his first decision within the Apocryphalum on. The Sibjulum was not borrowing Amory's spirit, it had taken it. A vortex of hatred and regret churned through the boy's chasm of emptiness, ripping it wide open as he fell to his side, and that longing, that incredible, heart-wrenching longing for what was no longer there, hammered his being with horrendous, haunting inadequacy. Amory slid into unconsciousness as the sprith walked off with the Sibjulum jar, the charmers, the whistle, and the searcher stone trailing behind him. As he walked, he sang. The words of his tune drifted back to Amri's insensible ears. Ragdaddle, ragdaddle, ring out thy tune. Feed me your power with a wooden spoon. Moonchelly, moonchelly, words of the wise. Crown me the king of a splendid demise. Startle the dead and wake the living. There's no better time to start the taking. Tell them of woe, of work, of done. Finish it through as if just begun. <laughs>